The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Newark Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark is up you savages this is the protect your neck podcast and i am your host dan tom analyst whose work you can find at mma junkie as well as mma junkie radio but on this here program the protect your neck podcast we break down high level mma that's what we're going to do here today tonight whenever you're listening to this hopefully it's before the fight recording this specific time uh, Thursday night, so it'll be up in the wee hours, whether you're East Coast, West Coast, and uh, don't make me do the math, please, if you're listening in the around the world. Thank you if you're listening uh, from around the world. They do uh, occasionally get those tweets and whatnot, especially since old Dan Tom hasn't quite got his analytics up yet. But yes, this will be a breakdown show for UFC on ESPN5. I, I do want to get through as fast as possible today, guys, but there are some uh, some notes, positive and important, and... Uh, uh, just, yeah, yeah, positive and important ones, but some notes to get through nonetheless. So before I forget, let me remind you that for this show and all shows, uh, I, I am uh, aware, uh, not just appreciative and grateful for you listening in the first place, but also aware uh, and extra grateful that I get these out, you know, between, uh, you know, 40 to 28 hours before the events, if I'm being kind on an average there, right? Not a lot of time. I uh, try to keep these to an hour, hour and a half. Uh, been, been pretty good about keeping them to an hour lately still. You know, an hour, if it's like 30 hours before the event, and you're using one of those hours to listen to this, like to my, to me and my freaking drone on. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but thank you. Uh, and the, those thanks will also be uh, a little more in-depth here as we're going to get to some iTunes reviews. But like I, I said before, this show and all shows, I do timestamp in this show notes. Uh, so no matter what podcast platforms you're listening on, I know there's a couple out there. My RSS feed's pretty loose. So I'm going to get that organized in the uh, coming break. Um, but yeah, timestamp ahead for when this breakdown starts. And as for all breakdown shows, I will, of course, recap my picks and plays at the end. Um, you know, not a lot of plays I like, but whether it's uh, biases, chalk, uh, niche, or degenerate, you know, I, I'm honest with you guys here and I give it to you. I give it to you all. But uh, okay, so with that said, I'm going to take a sip of water here because I'm going to need it. And we're going to bang through this, guys. Non-sexually. I mean, what you're doing on your side of the mic is your business, but it's all business over here, folks. Let's keep it clean. Dan, why did you mention that if you want to keep it clean? All right, it's a little late, guys. I said you're gonna get you're gonna get a bit of a, a tired, delirious, Dan. I'm trying not to be low energy, but you get a little bit delirious because I'm pulling from a well that's not there. I just got my I just got my my shit pushed. You ever get your shit pushed in and your jits? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a thing now. I know some of you tweeted at me last time I quoted that, as I usually quote movies. But yeah, for sure. I mean, like, there's sometimes that I'm glad that like uh, I'm a. I actually, I actually, I actually did really good. I had a really good good round, although I did almost like take a pedestrian's head off because I was helping a, a brown belt get ready for a uh, for 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 Naga, and uh, so that was fun. Shouts to Pat. He's a great partner. And then uh, I got my shit pushed by some dude looked like the, the the dude from Big Lebowski, uh, but he was just like a legit purple belt, and it was Guy. And uh, your boy here is still really weak on his grip work, um, but uh, yeah, he uh, he was he was tied up my arms with lapels, and it was uh, it was fun. He was nice enough though. Shout out to Matt. He was nice enough to teach me some of these things. So I'm gonna start trying to add those tricks. I'm a grip fan. I just. Uh, you know, for grappling since 2006, I just, I don't grapple in the gi much, but that was, was, was a much-needed session because, you know, man, some news hit. Uh, you know, you guys are, are hearing about it now. I've, I've known about it uh, not too long in advance, but, you know, for about a week or so now, a week or two or so, I've been kind of sitting on it. Um, MMA Junkie Radio, um, no longer on Sirius. Uh, our last day is going to be Friday. Uh, at least that's my last day for sure. It's Friday, August 2nd. 
Uh, well, most of you probably will be listening to this, actually. So, so make sure you listen, tweet at us, tag us. It's, it's a it's a civil and good parting. Oh, I'm very grateful. Love everybody and still love the shows. Please support SiriusXM and their shows. It's uh, Jimmy Smith, Ryan McKinnell, Misha Tate, uh, Luke Thomas. Uh, again, great content there. No uh, horrid feelings by any means or any of that. But but please feel free to to to, sh- to show support and voice some shouts because you know, regardless if you listen to the show or not, like the show or not. Uh, MMA Junkie Radio, man, it's something I listened to, you know, that when I was get, you know, uh, back when they were tag radio, helped get me into the sport, make me a hardcore from a casual to a hardcore. And guys, how many, you know, Helwani's great, and of course he was the king, especially as the MMA hour. Now everything's kind of muddled. It's a crazy time in the industry. All props to him. All props to other people. Luke Thomas is great with all his shows and iterations. Uh, he's doing some. Great stuff with Brian Campbell, who's, who's another awesome dude there. You know, not taking anything away, but how many shows, good or not, were, were, were weekly MMA shows, daily MMA shows, Monday through Friday? I'll wait. I'll let you get back to me. MMA Junkie Radio, Georgian Goes did it. And they did it for if 2006, 2020, next year would have made 14 years. I mean, our short has a really sport history, uh, has a really short history, guys, but, uh, I don't know if there's going to be another weekly MMA show. Um, uh, there, there probably will be, but one that runs 14 years, I mean, it's an unprecedented run that might not ever be touched again, and if it does, it's not going to be touched for a long time, guys. Near nigh 14 years. Wrap your head around that. Like it or not, love it, hate it, listen or not, subscribe or not, how can you not respect that? So... It's a bummer for me, sure, but really, as a fan of the show from before I even was on the show, before I even worked the media, before I even started doing breakdowns on my own website, uh, I was a junkie. I was an MMA junkie, uh, junkie for, for Junkie Radio, and uh, you, the tip of the hat to my co-host, uh, George and Goes, uh, my self-deprecating nature, you know, hopefully I'll have a chance to say my piece on air tomorrow, but... Uh, my self-deprecating nature makes me feel like I, I don't I don't deserve things, you know. So it's like uh, I feel like uh, what, <laughs> I feel like Matt Damon at the end of Saving Private Ryan, you know, saying at the grave, "Did I deserve it? Did I earn it? Did I earn it?" Like, that's kind of me right now uh, with kind of how I'm wired. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I did a good job for them and a good job for you guys on there for people that listen to this and also listen to that show. Hopefully uh, you appreciated my contribution to it. There's been many iterations of the show. I was a big fan of. Uh, my former kickboxing coach, former pro MMA fighter, matchmaker, announcer, everybody, uh, jo- Joey Varner. And he would do some stints there, and it was just kind of crazy, just uh, from martial arts to this side of it, kind of following in a guy's footsteps who I really looked up to and helped get me into the sport, you know, when I first started taking classes at Extreme Couture in 2006. And uh, I got to add to my own iteration of MMA Junkie Radio as well, like Joey did, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, but regardless, it's not about me, even though this is my show, I just wanted to pay homage to that and announce that again, no hard feelings. I've met a bunch of great people, particularly Danny Otto, who I, I guiltily haven't talked to in a minute, but I, I love Danny and, uh, he's a great producer. Also, you know, the other great producers, you know, the Josh Friedman and, uh, Filipino brother, uh, even though I'm not Filipino, but you know, Andre, um, again, good people there, uh, Gabby, um, uh, you know, Marissa, but, um, so it's, it's not nothing like that, but you know, whether it's MMA junkie or serious, there uh, you know there are overhead people, folks, and um, you know I wish, you know, you guys can do the math. I'm not gonna, you know, again, this is all good, good nature, and I want to keep it positive here. You guys can do the math. The show really bounced around, um, and and because it was just such a you know, a, a, a goal and whatnot, and uh, and the guys work so hard; they they goddamn deserve it. Um, you know, of course, they you know they're good dudes, and, and we were, and when I work with them, of course, you know we roll with whatever we had to, even from changing morning to night. And uh, you know, it I guess I'll just leave it at this: it's a shame that you know, um, you know, it, it's a shame that you know uh, things didn't go different. But you can say that about all things in life. And again, it's a it's a very uh, it's a very uh, Civil parting, and it's a nice opportunistic parting because it'll allow the guys to really revamp, do some things that, you know, I know uh, I'll let them, you know, go about it. Again, it's a 
with the revamping, I think it's only going down like two days and, and a half hour. And that's not their decision, of course, folks. There's, 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 there's other people, chefs in the kitchen, like I said, you know, everybody gets along, everybody loves each other. We've got great, we work with great people, nothing but positive things. Don't, don't read it, miscorrect it. But like all jobs, there are, there are higher ups that kind of make bigger decisions. And uh, it is going down as far as content in the immediate future. But the, the, trust me, these guys have already things up their sleeves. They're working on it. And uh, you're still going to get uh, George and Goes if you're, if you're fans of that. And the Protecting Neck podcast isn't going anywhere. Um, like I said, I'm taking some time off coming up uh, to revamp and uh, to make those upgrades. I'm not going to spend too much time. I'm already spending too much time as I look at the clock now. But uh, upgrades are already here on the way. And, and um, you know, I guess silver lining, I don't know how much more time I'll have because I'm sure I'll be filling it with something else. You know, this 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 monster machine works that we work in in the MMA space. But, uh, again, it's all good things, though. It's all opportunities, folks. It's how you look at it, and I just wanted to address that here uh, now that I can. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of which, to keep it positive, I haven't done this in a minute, guys, so so forgive me. But, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I don't get as much negativity as even I think I should. Uh, but there's a lot of negativity online. You don't need me to tell you that. So, uh it's nice to have reviews and iTunes, man. I hear they're changing things up, but like for right now, like I, I, I don't know my analytics. I, it reaches more people than I think, but I'm 23, one and one, 23, five stars, one, four star and one, one star. And the one star I'm not even going to hate on. I don't even think they left a review sadly. So I would like to know why it was one star. Um, but there's some really good reviews here. Uh, I believe they're all five star, but there's one that gets, it, it, it's awesome because he gets five stars. But he, he gives it to me, too. He's critical. But he's critical in the right way where, like, not, like, critical in a kiss-ass or a soft way. Like, he he gives it to me. And I agree with him, too. So I, I really – that's which is why I even like it even more, folks. I know I can wear my heart on my sleeve or come off as sensitive. And, you know, I'll raise my hand guilty when those times do happen. But overall, I would like to think I'm very, you know uh, – pragmatic for the – you know, for the most part and really just try to stay fair. Um, and man, I really like, I like reviews like this. And even if he didn't give me the five stars and like was four or three, that would have been cool. Cause the way he puts it. So I'm going to blow through these and we'll push through with the recap and the breakdown again, timestamp. If you want to push forward. All right. February 17th, 2018. Cause I've stopped reading these for a while. I didn't get any for a minute. So I forgot. Uh, subscribe now. If you're an MMA fan, brace best breakdowns and analyst around. I don't know if, uh, I can I can lay credit to that, but uh, I do appreciate you recognizing me for uh, and, and uh, giving me some love there. Uh, that is Kevin B P D X from from what? Oh shit! Was that uh, Pacific Northwest? What's up? No, it's fucking good people up there. I need to go back and visit up there. By the way, all right. Um, Dan Tom pours his heart and soul in the breakdown analysis. Uh, most current MMA events. If you like to gamble on MMA, play fantasy fighting. Or just want to get more familiar with athletes competing on upcoming UFC slash Bellator MMA and more cards. And this podcast is a must for sure. Um, it just says Double G. I don't even, is that my co-host? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> Either way. Again, I'm honest in the show. We'll see. Uh, oh, I know this person's related to the show. Showtime from Tennessee. Shout out to Showtime. Had a great call, man. Thank you, guys. And please flood us with calls. I tried to hint... You couldn't say anything, but if you notice me emphasizing on how much I love the callers on MMA Junkie Radio, it's because I do, as a listener and even being on the show. And even the ones that don't like me, it's all good. Like, I love the banter back and forth. It's so fun. So shout out to all the callers. And Showtime, of course, one of my favorite. Because he's a gambling man. Uh, I love Dan's breakdown of the fights, and he gives real in-depth information that can be used if you bet on fights. Look at him. He's a de degenerate state of mind. Shout out, Showtime. Uh, all right, this one is uh, Hayden UR. Great breakdowns, five stars. Love Dan on MMA Junkie Radio and love his work here. Great insight and very likable. Wow, thank you. I don't think I'm that likable, but uh, I thank you. And another reason why I appreciate MMA Junkie Radio, because it sounds like uh, this guy might have uh, listened to me from there and, 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 and now finds me here. So... Oh, I really appreciate that, man. And then last one, guys. Stick. This is one that I like. This is one I was alluding to, guys. Stick with him. Five stars. This is from GR7 underscore 11. 
He is a little scatterbrained and rambles a lot. And trust me, as a longtime listener to both journalists and fight analysts, you always want to hear his take before going into these fights. I won't give him any less than five stars because whether right or wrong, his analysis is plus, 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 plus. And I actually do appreciate his unscripted slash unedited nature, which is why I listen to him so much, even though he has me shaking my fist in the air to get to the point. But you are mistaken if you discount his analysis. Top, top. I really appreciate that. I am very scatterbrained. I do ramble. It's something I acknowledge. But more importantly, I do try to to address. But, man, you are 100% correct. I, I am definitely... Uh, guilty of that and I but but I like the overall message there and uh and you know I do that with podcasts sometimes too where I'm shaking my fist like get to the damn point so I really actually genuinely genuinely even more so feel bad about that one but uh don't worry I won't make the mistake that I had early on in the podcast I think I've been better about it where I apologize too much again it's my self-deprecating nature but I appreciate raw ball busting and, and real reviews like that it, especially if you give it five stars so thank you guys uh, all right, pushing through here. UFC 240 happened. It was really fun. Uh, so did Dana White Contender Series 22. Oh, my God. The knees are live. Oh, my God. Okay, there's the recap for that. You like how fast I'm going to blow through that? Max Holloway back to UFC 240 recap. Before we get on the UFC on ESPN 5 breakdown, Max Holloway defeats Frankie Edgar via unanimous decision. Um. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of how I had it going. I picked Holloway, but picked him by decision. Uh, and uh, even though I could see a, a, a stoppage toward you know, toward you know, later rounds, uh, I just felt for a lot of reasons uh, that we kind of saw that 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 was going to be it. Uh, it was going to go to decision. Uh, Some saying Max felt bad for Frankie. I don't know about that, but like, but yeah, I mean, you know, th- there was a lot of respect there. Max needed to win. That kind of did factor in me thinking it would also go longer. And like I said, you know. Athletic or at least more athletic um, fighters than Frankie who can hit straight shots up the middle with uppercuts, front kicks, jabs, or counter crosses, and more importantly, counter will always provide, or you know, I'll, I'll say always, but I mean, he is toward the end of his career, but has always provided, you know, Frankie problems. God bless him. Um, We'll get some New Jersey love going on. We're in Newark, folks, so don't worry. But yeah, it wasn't New Jersey's night that night. Um, I actually just went out. I actually thought, and I texted George this. I didn't bring it up on the show. I actually, it wasn't as bad, obviously, as that Bisping interview back in July when he was going to fight Ortega and was pulled the the first time. But my concussion slash spidey senses of those similar symptoms or whatever Max had, and to me, at least this time, rang the concussion symptoms, were actually ringing in the embedded. Like, in the first three embedded,s it's the only ones I really watch, but especially the first two. Because I know this about concussions or even with, like, weight cuts where, like, granted, I've only felt, you know, those embedded were shot earlier in the week. And the only time I felt this way with weight cuts. And ironically, some of the ones I plan best for, like, the last time I hit the 140s, like 149, I, um, yeah, I really felt just super drunk. And, like, I was just trying to hold it straight. Um, and we've all kind of been there. God forbid, hopefully not, you're not behind a wheel and trying to hold it in front of a cop. But, you know... Well, you maybe mom or dad, and you're younger, or whatever the scenario. You're just trying to kind of hold it, like, hold it together, but you're kind of more goofy. You're a little bit giggly. Like I just felt like he was coming off like that, and it didn't make me change my pick or hedge any bets. I still actually played Max pretty, pretty hot at the window, and it, and it saved my ass later um, with a parlay that I ended up doing at the window. But uh, but yeah, it ended up thankfully being false. He made weight fine, look fine. He actually looked better. So yeah. I just wanted to add that. But anyways, uh, Cyborg defeated Spencer. Uh, I did pick Cyborg inside the distance, but I was one of the, you know, not that you can tell this, so it matters, but for what it's worth, I don't say this often, but I did, because you, 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 I don't like to, uh, most analysts as well, uh, you don't like to say things that haven't happened, especially with any kind of certainty. But I did say that uh, Felicia Spencer, from from my money, looks like she's got a good chin, and she also looks like she's got good mental, where she's not going to get discouraged. Uh, so maybe I should have listened to my own kind of thinking on there, because Cyborg by decision, I forget what it was. I think it was like plus six sixty or some shit. Like that would have been a low key good play. And I used to really hit those decision props back in the day. Um, I don't I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I used to really like look look for those, whether it was heavyweight ones or just other ones like I remember playing Whitaker over Uriah Hall back at uh, back in the day pretty big and feeling really good about that one and then 
you know, and, and now in hindsight, it's like, yeah, of course, Robert Whitaker's champion, and like their trajectory kind of went opposite ways after that fight. But not many people were calling that before. We'll just say that. Um, yeah, hopefully, her and the UFC can you know fix things or whatever. Jeff Neal defeated Nico Price. That was fun, man. Neal went right into the fire and ended up surviving with Nico Price of all dudes. Harmon Suyukin, who's now getting a lot of love, which is nice to see. Um, uh, I know my, my man, MMA Junkie John, gave him some... Uh, by the way, thank you guys for, for checking out those preview shows. And shouts to Nolan King, Ken Hathaway, two men who do different things behind the scenes, but but awesome. Uh, man, MMA Junkie John, I know, gave him a good uh, rating despite his loss. Uh, John's a smart man. Uh, he knows what he's looking at, but uh, you know, uh, even though he lost, uh, you know, Islam Makachev proves it here, proves the line here, and uh, you know, not to pat myself on the back again, but again, you know, even back before he was making his debut, he was one of the uh, biggest underdogs on the card he was debuting on, and I warn people that even though I'm picking Makachev, avoid that chalk parlay piece minus three hundred plus or whatever they're putting on this. star you can kick and fucking wrestle, and he's got power. And uh, now I think everybody's uh, getting converted to that. So uh, be on the lookout for him. That's the Ovin Mercy, man. I really feel bad. Uh, I hope he rebounds. Uh, Christoph Yoko defeated uh, Canadian Brian Stan. Again, that was just an ugly fight. Uh, Viviana Araujo saved my butt. She was in that parlay along with Cyborg Holloway and another, which we'll get to in a second, um, over Alex Davis. I was worried about that second round, though, right? Uh, Hakim Duoto defeated Yoshinori Hori, uh, TKO. Uh, I threw I threw down pretty hard on Nori. Oh, not hard, but like if I do go to the table, like uh, at Liverpool or London, I went on Masvidal, and then I threw a quote-unquote chalk parlay. The parlay missed, but thankfully Masvidal hit. This one was opposite. The underdog missed, which was Hori, although I will give myself some credit, and thanks to Eric Nixick shouts who tweeted me online, because even though I didn't expect Hody to be that, <laughs> excuse me, that much on the back foot, um, I did suspect him, you know, again, speed and, and countering, and again, he didn't rock Dwaru, but at the end of the day, like, he leg kicked him twice and took him off his feet, and he punched him tw once or twice, and, you know, even though, the, you know, I think one of them really was a slip in bad foot positioning, but the other just was a, was a shot that just kind of surprised Dwaru. It didn't hurt him, but... He hit him and knocked him down three to four times in the first round. I don't know what you want to say about that. And the second round, he did a lot of running and took took, took it off. And I thought he was going to come back in the third round. And he, to his credit, he did. That's kind of why he finished. In the second round, he tasted some of the clinch, which is super impressive, man. Duodu's clinch really impressed me. Like I want to say, I tweeted, I want to. I don't care what the matchup is. I want to see him force that clinch on dudes, um, especially if he feels like his takedown defense in order, which it looks to be pretty good for 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 the mat test, tests that he's received so far. I would love to see him push that clinch more. Uh, and then Hordy, you could tell, like, his corner told him, you need to take this round. And his gas tank couldn't back, keep uh, allow him to keep backing up. And he knew he wasn't going to win the fight backing up. But you could just see him make a choice where he goes, fuck, dude. And props to him because it wasn't going his way. And you could see that he wasn't, you know, stoked about it. I don't blame him. You're tired. You're getting beat the fuck up. But he made that decision in the third round. You could see him where he goes, okay, I got to stand and trade with this guy. And he did, and he, he fucking went and paid for it. And thankfully, the ref stopped it, quote-unquote, early. Uh, again, with everything that happened with the, with the boxers dying, that is just, um, I don't mind a young guy saving himself. So hopefully, Hori rebounds, and props to Duodu, man. Stoked to see him again. Gavin Tucker defeated Sang Wu Choi. Uh, good for Tucker. Uh, showed he can wrestle, not get tired, the kind of fight that he needed. Davison Figueredo versus, uh, defeated Alexander Pantoja. Again, on my fight to avoid for a reason. Uh, even though it's a clear decision, uh, Pantoja's toughness made it fun. Great fight. Best fight on the card. Uh, Jillian Robertson, who is uh, very lovable, uh, uh, defeated Sarah Frata. And uh, Eric Koch defeated uh, uh, Kyle Stewart. Uh, who was the parlay? Oh, yeah, it was Staryukin. Staryukin, Araujo, Cyborg, and Holloway. I just did like a hundo on that and uh, uh, almost doubled my money, so came away okay despite losing the underdog bet. All right, guys, I'm going to pull up odds for UFC on ESPN. Plus five, as I look at the time, 24, 33, probably about at the 25 mark by the time I pull up these odds. We're in Newark, New Jersey. Real quick shout-out to uh, Jesse at MME. 
MMA, uh, fuck, what the hell is it? God damn it. I can't, it's, the worst part about having terrible writing is you don't, uh, MMA port, uh, is you can't read it. Uh, he sent me, like, this Dark Knight thing that we do for the intro that I was, for the most part, do for this podcast, and it was just a cool little graphic of a dude singing along to it, um, and shout out to uh, Di at the Die Adams. He was checking in on Benjamin, as you know. I don't, I'm plan. Yeah, every Sunday I'm getting thrown off here. It's, it's I hate to complain, but it's, it's just throw hurdles in front of Dan Day. Last uh, Sunday it was Serpentine Belt. This last Sunday it was uh, my dog got a Mark Hominick in his ear. Hematoma. Uh, Hematoma's still there. I think it's going down. He's doing better though. So thank you, Die. Thank you those giving Benjamin the boxer pit bull uh, the love of my life. Love. And on that note, we are all caught up. Let's break down UFC and ESPN 5. Main event, um, check out the breakdown. Got a full written and video at MMAJunkie.com. Colby Covington, line hasn't changed much, changed much at all. Minus 235, Robbie Lawler plus 195. With all the Lawler love, I spot, I'm surprised people haven't taken shots on him here. Uh, but at the end of the day, the wrestling matchups have been real hit and miss with him, right? I'm kind of summing it up in my breakdown. I'll sum this one up. And I, uh, if I do sum it up too fast, again, go to the breakdown to see. You know, he's he's a mixed bag. He's three and three against UFC level southpaws as opposed to Raul, uh, Covington four and zero, and Lawler. Like technically, he's still win or lose. He, the fights against wrestlers have always been tough fights for him. You know. He beat Trigg, Hendricks, and Koscheck, but you look at the trajectories of their careers. Now, he may have a very goddamn lot to do with changing the trajectory. You could argue that he did change the trajectory. But the, the fact is that even though he knocked those guys out or beat, in Hendricks' case, by a decision, although I feel like he won the one he lost and lost the one he won, if that makes sense, and I know a lot of people have that opinion too, um, he was getting taken down when, they went, when, when those fighters were choosing slash able to exercise their wrestling advantages, you know, for what that's worth. So, and against a guy like Covington, who, honestly, whether you guys want to hear this or not, and it's going to sound like blasphemy just because Khabib's so loved and Covington's so hated. If you want to know, like, a wrestling game, it's just really similar. Like, Covington and, uh, Covington is probably the closest to uh, you're going to get to Khabib as far as uh, pointable examples. Um in the UFC, and that even includes like his buddy Islam Makachev, who is more of a technical guy off of his back. Uh, we haven't really seen that. Khabib can do that. He showed it in his pro FC days, but uh, we haven't seen that since he hit the high level. Um, neither here nor there, but Covington, again, really good. He just, you know, wrist rides, he'll uh, navy ride, he'll, he'll, he'll uh, isolate legs, lever you down, and just make your life a living hell. He can actually has some submissions as well. Uh, cumulative damage. He doesn't wear damage well, so he'll probably be bleeding by the end of this fight, whether he survives it or not, wins or not, because he seems to bleed easily. But Lawler, for all his anti-wrestling game and how it's been built around it, you know, Covington's not going to be Askren. He's got many different entries. Um, he can shoot low and just if he wants to, but when he does shoot, it's going to be hard to hit, you know, Askren with a flying knee that Jorge Masvidal does because... Man, you just look at where he's shooting every time, and and Covington is, does a really good job. I talked about this in my breakdown, keeping his head chest level and off to the away from the power side. Now, is that going to save you every time? No. Uh, Lawler's got great check hooks and other things too, but he definitely minimizes the percentage of him getting caught with, you know, the stopping shots. He's okay with taking the others. You know, he, he's prioritizing takedown defense, and Maya's got really deceptive ability to strike and make fights ugly. So that's why that fight looks like that. Whereas, you know, even though, you know, even though uh, he was still getting hit by Dos Anjos, it wasn't um, as sloppy, right? That being said, both guys were hitting him with the left hand. So Robbie's counter left hand is going to be the thing to look out for in this fight. If he wins, it's going to be off of his left. Uh, unfortunately, as for Robbie and as me being, you know, a fan of his, is my favorite welterweight warlord to rule the division. Um, I don't know if I see this one going well for him. Two wrestler camps could be good, but... Two wrestler camps coming off knee surgery at his age. You know, there's a lot of wear and tear. Skips his open workout. I'm not saying to read into that, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he looks on the scales tomorrow morning uh, when you most of you all are probably going to be listening to this. So pick his Covington by decision. Um, 
I may or may not sprinkle. It's only plus one twenty-two, and to be honest, I my my heart is uh, also with Lawler. Even though I, I like uh, Covington, which sounds blasphemous to you guys, I just know him different before he kind of started doing the shtick. And uh, I've seen him since, and he's still really cool and, and genuine for what that's worth, and pays out his money to do military stuff, which is big with me. But yeah, I'm not much of a politics guy, and if I was, <laughs> I wouldn't be on the side that uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be on either side because that's not my thing. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be a MAGA dude. Um, but, yeah, man, that's Colby's deal, and he's going to have to live with that, man. So um, whatever price he has to pay, win or lose here, uh, he's going to pay it. So he doesn't need me or anybody else hating on him, and all my interactions have been positive, man. So much love to both guys, but I get why people are, are rooting against Colby, man. So, you know, we'll see. All right. Jim Miller Appreciation Week. It's not UFC Newark. It's Jim Miller fucking Appreciation Week, folks. Jim Miller minus 115. I like Lake it too, guys. Plus 130. Obviously, though, with the tweets that I did, um, there's going to be huge bias for this whole breakdown and any picks attached and plays attached, right? So can we can we just agree? And can this be me stating that now? Um, hold on one second. Sorry about that. Ran out of water. Yeah, Jim Miller and Clay Guida. Um, yeah, obviously taking Jim Miller here. Um, tweets were fun, by the way. Thank you guys who were, were helping out with those. Uh, at Street Fight Bonch on Twitter and at Mr. Uh, underscore Honky. Uh, of course, Caposa. Everybody else who was just kind of chiming in was just, was just some really cool. It was really cool shit. I encourage you to go check that out. Um, but needless to say, yeah, I'm 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 I'm. I'm I'm picking him here, but but not not for not you know bad reason you know Guida mixed bag you know three and four against UFC Southpaws and subbed nine times. Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> Sorry to add that little Ferris Bueller uh, Ferris Bueller drop there. Great movie uh, and you know but you know it's also in New Jersey where uh, you know Miller's lap. Lost his last four, maybe five straight, I believe, depending on how you look at it. One's a no contest. In fact, I got the record here, folks. Jim Miller is 2-4-1 in New Jersey with his last win in New Jersey. Coming back at 2011 at UFC 128. Holy shit. That's a, that's a minute, guys. That's that's a minute since uh, Jim Miller uh, has won in New Jersey. So hopefully he can. You know, I was kind of worried he might retire. Uh, which he's clearly, you know, stating that he's not going to. Still, I don't regret regret doing the appreciation streak because, guys, this sport is just ridiculous. It's week to week. It just, you know, you think it spits on fighters now. What about, you know, these guys who, you know, the golden era were built on their backs, like the Jim Millers and, you know, Joe Lozons of the world, just, you know, filling out those pay-per-views and undercards emphatically and making everything worth it, making us all hardcores, man. And uh, we don't appreciate them enough, so F it. I don't give a crap. I'll show that kind of bias again, especially with recent news about PJ Penn. Uh, Jim Miller, favorite lightweight of all time, baby. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, you know, Guida's looked looked like he had a little resurgence, but then you know, speaking of BJ Penn, it just looks like you know, just a, a skeleton. They're just wheeling him out there. Um, he was even, like, beating Guida for a lot of the exchanges when he was there and not completely gassed. And even when he was, he was still tagging Guida up, making him want to wrestle. You could argue maybe Guida was trying to be respectful toward the end because his corner was telling him to separate, and he wouldn't. But Guida has never really had the best fight IQ anyways. So, um, yeah, man, uh, it's hard to trust Guida. Uh, could he, you know... Uh, wrestlers with some cardio um, that can defend submissions uh, have been kind of the antithesis of Jim Miller from Benson Henderson to uh, which was before his Lyme you know situation and uh, all the way to you know you know guys during that stretch and since um, but at the same time if you look at Clay Guida's losses the common thread is they have to have two of three things they can't have one they either have to have really good wrestling and good striking or they have to have good enough wrestling to either defend takedowns or get up when they get taken down and have really good jujitsu to either make Guida not want to deal with that or can make him pay. Because again, Guida, you know, had that Joe Rogan uh, moniker of, man, I love Joe, but boy, was he, boy, was he off last week, huh? 
And, and credit to Anik and these other guys. Anik was doing a great job, and uh, I, I know he UFC anybody. Yeah, you know, fans are really kind of blinding with their hate, so I don't want to add to it. I just want it to be kind of critical and fairness. And I like Joe too, man. It's not even I don't like Joe. Like I love Joe, man. I just I, I got to be honest. And if the sky's blue, the sky's blue, and that was. You know, it wasn't a great, wasn't a great night um, for Joe, I should say. John always does a really good job, and he should get more credit. Um, but yeah, if you you, you look at it, uh, they got to have uh, at least two or three things, and you know, have that jujitsu as well. You know, you, like Joe says, he's the jujitsu stifler, but again, he's been subbed nine times, nine times, um, and uh, and and and. Against Jim Miller, man, um, he goes for the subs too much, like a kid in a candy store, but. He also goes for him for good reason, and his striking is going to be better off the counter, southpaw. Uh, he's got the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu, and he's a better striker. I think Jim Miller wins this. I'm biased, so you can't listen to me, but if I'm being honest, I played Jim Miller straight up for two units um, at minus 150, and I played him by sub, half unit plus 259. So there's that. All right. Another guy I've been high on early, and people are starting to come around. Although this is a more challenging matchup, perhaps than the line leads, we'll see. Uh, that's Nazarak Hackparas minus two fifty-five. Come back on Joaquim Silva. Uh, it's going to be. Oh, that's like I was about to, yeah, Joaquim Silva plus two fifteen. I was going to say, good thing about doing these uh, episodes at night is uh, Benjamin's like more tired, and he's not going to chew his bone, and now he's going at his bone, but. I, I have the heart to separate it from him. He's not going at it too hard. Um, yeah, Nazrat, uh, of course, he lost his very first fight, and people are seeing it now, but I actually picked him to upset in his debut against Marcin Held, and he showed why, I would argue, in that decision, and since has showed why. Uh, two decision wins, uh, Mark D. Casey, Thibaut Guti. Thibaut Guti. Uh, but I don't blame him, man. He really went for it in those fights, and those guys were deceptively tough, obviously. Um... And he comes out like a. This is what's interesting about this matchup because he comes out like a brick on fire. Whereas what I notice about Joaquim Silva, he actually comes out a bit slow. Uh, even in the fight where he's all pumped up and like staring down Reza Madati, like he'll sit back and counter. Uh, he he's not beyond for as good as striking he is. He's not beyond getting hit. His defense isn't like stellar, even though he comes from Evolu Kaltai, which is a lot of good southpaws to work with. So that's going to be in his favor here against southpaw Nazrat. But He's not kind of like what I pointed out um, last week with Dewaru, um, uh, right? Another Muay Thai, another heavy-hitting Muay Thai guy, right? Like, he's really good at what he does. Not that he's not, but at the same time, it, it, defense isn't, like, exactly, like, stellar. Like, he, he's there to be hit, and he can be, and has been, and has been hurt, right? Uh, and same with Joaquim Silva. Uh, even in the fight with Jared Gordon, remember that crazy Tommy Spear Anthony Johnson, UFC Fight Night 13, shout out, like, knockout against the fence. But, like, he got hurt early on in that fight a couple times by Jared Gordon. Um, right hand seemed to be the common culprit that seemed to be hurting him. Uh, last South Wall he faced, he did really good against, although Andrew Holbrook's chin hasn't really uh, shown the test of time. That He was just the first guy to really get him out on it. Uh, but for as little as that fight was going, again, like a... a Evolu Cow Tai trained fighter would, you know, just working with the southpaw really well, stepping toward that that outside angle and uh, landing his, his stuff down the middle, catching a kick. Um, Nazrat does kick, but uh, boy, does he kick hard, and he's really boxing heavy, so that's going to be interesting that first round. Um, and Joaquim Silva's got that Jose Aldo like that. He's like, Neto BJJ, started off Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Black Belt, all these things, but like, Really just fell in love with Muay Thai. Um, he just prefers to do that. And actually has decent wrestling because he's super athletic. Uh, even when he does get taken down, he tripods to his feet fairly fast. So I don't see Nazrat being able to control him. Maybe the third round comes along. But again, Joaquim Silva, it's not like your typical athletic, you know, muscle-bound, front-running, whatever stereotype you want to throw on him. Because he's more of a traditional Muay Thai fighter in the sense that like he gets better as the fight goes on. So for that reason, even though Hack Paras, I still like him. I still like him to win. I don't see him finishing Joaquim Silva. I mean, if don't get me wrong, if he catches him clean with a left or a right and Joaquim goes out or gets hurt and it's a TKO, like I'm not going to be surprised. But for the reasons I said, Joaquim showing that he can recover, uh, that he's mentally strong and actually, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if, uh, you know, 
on the right supplements or what, but uh, he, you know, he seems his cardio seems to hold up as well. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Hack Paras decision. Uh, another decision I'm not sure I want to sprinkle on, but plus one sixty six, a little better number than that Colby decision, and a three, and it's a three rounder. So, for what that's worth, pick is a uh, Hack Paras. Um. All right, Trevin Giles minus one sixty. Uh, come back on Gerald Mearshart plus one forty. Um, boy, this fight. Uh, this one's this was my hardest one to decide, and uh, I ended up picking Giles and submitting it for my junkie staff picks on Tuesday. And I think on like Wednesday, I see our good old buddy, our good old buddy, uh, Gianni the Greek. Sorry, guys. Uh, take a shot for every time Dan Tom all stops the podcast to end up uh, <laughs> addressing Ben and his bone chewing. I feel like such a bad dog. Don't worry, I gave him a treat, and I'm gonna give him another one. But uh, he just—he doesn't like that I'm not when I'm just when I'm not paying attention. I'm talking when I'm not paying attention to him, so he goes crazy. Uh, everybody's favorite on Twitter, uh, Johnny the Greek. Where now I'm almost feeling bad for the guy because boy, he's taking a beating. It's like uh, he's just like, hey, you want to be the gambling guy? Like, come on, you're my guy, Johnny. You know your shit. All right, Dane, I'll do it. And then it's like the, you know, but then, then he goes out to do it. And then it turns into that scene from Casino, you know, where Pesci and his brother, you know, they go out into the cornfield. And it's like, it's like Goodfellas all over again. He's just like, oh, no. And he's just getting slaughtered out there. And, uh, and you know, maybe for good reason, because it seems to be profitable to fade the guy for what it's worth. I mean, he's out there fucking mushing things, man. He's mushing everybody. So it always makes me nervous if I'm on this, if I end up on the same side as this guy. Um I really want to pick Mearshart because uh, I, I like Mearshart. And uh, <laughs> smash my water now, Dad. You don't like noise, bitch? How about that? Yeah, I see you looking at me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, I really like Mearshart and I wanted to pick him. And I still ended up going with Giles. This is on my avoid list. This was the hardest fight on the card to pick for me. Um, and maybe now maybe I feel a little better about going with Giles that he went with Mearshart. But I still don't feel good about going against Mearshart, man. Maybe it's... Uh, I do like his 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 style and and, and the way you know he's a, he's super. It's crazy because he's super intelligent. I love the way he talks. I could totally see him doing great analyst work. Uh, man, it's, it seems like he's got good character about him. Just super likable all around. But his fight style is like the fight IQ is the complete opposite of what you'd expect, and that's just putting it kindly, you know. And uh, interview with James Lynch, who you know maybe that's another reason why I like him more. Cause James Lynch would do those video game interviews with him, and I'm like, oh, this guy's Koopa Troopa in Mario Kart, because Koopa Troopa is the best fucking character, hands down. Koopa Troopa, motherfucker, Koopa fucking Troop. So I was like, oh, dude, GM3's a Koopa Troop fan. I'm like, god damn it, I like this guy. Um, but uh, in the interview with uh, with James Lynch, he was uh, you go boy, I love you. I'm sorry, I'm talking to Benjamin here. Interview with James Lynch, he's, just, he's talking about that too, and he's addressing it again because he's a smart guy. He knows what he did wrong. He knows he's got to work on control and position before submission, but god damn, you know. And uh, Giles only a purple belt uh, compared to Mearshart's brown belt, not even just what it says on paper, you know, Mearshart's a better grappler, but Giles no slouch either. If he's good enough to stay submissions and 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 play conservative, you, you know, you let Mearshart, you know, try to take the back, dump him off the front, kind of the things that Kevin Holland was doing over and over again. And if he's on top, man, Giles has heavy. Jay Giles! Jay Giles! Sorry. <laughs> Jay Giles. <laughs> he's, got, he's got crazy. Jay Giles got crazy ground and pound. Um, so, you know, how, how's that going to go? But then there's the southpaw thing. You know, he's 0 1. Got, got almost. I thought he got knocked out. He got hit so hard. I forgot he got submitted after that. Let's go back and watch the tape. But he got, you know, rocked with a softball the first time out, you know. Cummings is a, a respectable dog who I've taken a lot before, and I didn't sadly take him that time. Um, so that's, you know, that's a veteran lesson, your first southpaw lesson. Like, no, you shouldn't condemn him for that, right? But at the same time, he got fucking hit hard, even though that wasn't a knockout. And he's, what, back in here, that was in May? This is like, it's like three months, not even three months. It's like two months and three weeks, for being kind, um, you know, and he's got you know full time job as a cop and whatnot. So I don't know how he splits his training. Uh, man, I mean, there's just so many, so many fucking question marks on this one. But he shows good sprawls out in the open. Uh, he shows like he knows what he's doing in grappling. I like how he plays positions, and, and his one two down the center, uh, even against the southpaw, uh, looks pretty good so long as he keeps his p's and q's straight. Doesn't go to the body and hang out. 
with his head up high like he did against Cummings. Um, I'm going to take him here, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that fight. The, the knock goes the distance is pretty chalked up. Um, that could be a parlay piece, possibly. Uh, I don't I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. There's my take. A lot, yeah, my heart's against a lot of my picks this week, so, but uh, taking Giles. I'd be happy to be wrong. Love me some GM3. All right. Scott Holtzman. Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. Minus 450. Uh, Dong Young Ma. Uh, plus 360. Glenn from The Walking Dead, baby. He's back, and they're putting him against fucking Scott Holtzman, the hockey guy. Man, Scott Holtzman is not a guy you want to bet at this number unless it's like his yeah, fucking UFC debut against Chris Lolo or whatever his name was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah. Um, at the same time, I ended up taking a play on Holtzman, which I'll get to. I, I, like, I do like Holtzman. It seemed kind of like a risky fight, but... His chin is goddamn ridiculous, and he is making improvements. Uh, just got his black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's going to have the wrestling edge, so he will have the ground edge in this fight. And although Ma is powerful, man, uh, again, Holtzman's got a chin. He recovers well. Never been knocked out. Never been stopped. Um, seldom, if ever, been dropped. And more importantly, Dong Young Kim, even though he showed he could play a bit of the points game like he did against Damian Brown and switched to southpaw a bit, um, Nick Lentz, for as much as I hate to give the guy credit, man, Nick Lentz is a good fucking fighter. And Nick Lentz was doing some really good shit against him uh, as well. And he you know, he still did pretty well, all things considered, even though Lentz was take, tagging him up at the end of the first and t through stretches of the second. Um, in the beginning and toward the end, I mean, fucking Holtzman was hurting him anytime he wasn't having to defend shots which is why Lentz was shooting so hard. I mean, you look like Lentz's fucking face. I mean, uh, you know, I love it because, like, <laughs> Nick Lentz is probably, like, really the guy Colby Covington pretends to be, minus the paying strippers part because Nick Lentz, you know, to his credit, seems like a family guy and all that shit. But um, but as far as the MAGA and politics stuff go, it's, it's hilarious. Anyways, neither here nor there. Nick Lentz is a really good fighter. And, uh, I, you know, I think that was a good test, even though... Uh, you know, in hindsight, the line was off on that. Uh, I still would have taken a shot on, on Holtzman if you would have put him, in, you know, especially would have took a shot if put him as a dog. Uh, but I'm biased there, of course. But 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 Holtzman did good in that matchup. I don't think Dong Young Ma is going to be at that level, Nick, even Nick Lentz on the feet, which says something. But Dong Young Ma does have that power. Problem is he leads with his power side. And when you lead with your power side, that's never a great thing against a guy like Holtzman who he's done better things, you know, as far as one-two combinations and kicks. But something that's been embedded from Holtzman, even from early on, is his cross, or not his cross, his hook uppercut counter, slip counters. Uh, and he doesn't emphasize the slip so much, but, you know, more of those counter, the counter part of it. And that's money for that, uh, someone who leads with their power side. So um, I wrote that down here in my notes as just something, something in particular and with the wrestling. So uh, I'm actually going to take Holtzman. I think Holtzman does it inside the distance. I mean, his ground and pound wrestling and striking on the feet, uh, the kind of fight that he's going to force. Even if Dong Young Ma tries to play the points game with Damian Brown, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do it with Holtzman's pace. Uh, Damian Brown's a consistent dogfighter for the most part, too, but Damian Brown kind of had a, a you know a, a weird performance for him, and, and his corner really wasn't helping him, telling him he was ahead when it was a close fight. So Damian Brown really wasn't pushing it too much. Um, so, yeah, I got Holtzman inside the distance, plus 102. I just threw a unit on that, plus money inside the distance. I think he gets it done. All right, uh, next. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to use this name. This might be a name I want to abandon, but I don't want to go with the obvious Darnie Dark. Dark Dick Stosick. Uh, Dark Stosick. <laughs> Might be the last time you hear it, folks. Dark <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to say it again. Dark Stosik minus 130. Come back on Kennedy Ninschuku is plus 110. Uh, was initially thinking Kennedy, uh, leaning Kennedy before going into the tape, thinking, oh, distance, uh, uh, going to pick him apart, uh, Sal Paul, uh, distance, and then kind of going back into the tape. I'm like, mm. And looking at Darko, you know, it wasn't too promising either. I mean, He's really conservative, but he was almost too conservative, or definitely was too conservative, to where it was a fight IQ thing, just trying to wait to counter too much. Um, so these guys could be in a staring contest if Kennedy is a bit gun-shy, and he's like, okay, uh, I can't. I've made you know 
crazy decisions in the past and then they paid off and I've won fights and I made, you know, uh, risky decisions and they cost me against Paul Craig. So I'm going to, you know, listen to my corner. I'm going to be disciplined, but sometimes being disciplined and safe, maybe he waits for the counter. Maybe he ends up just staring in the mirror at, at Darko Stosic because Darko, even though he doesn't have volume, he's accurate when he throws and he hits fucking really hard. Like whether it's on the ground or on the feet, he generates power from every spot. That guy seemed to feel. I don't think uh, think they like it. So unfortunately, that kind of doesn't play for the entertainment f- factor when you couple that with his low volume kind of stylings. But you know, does Darko do the opposite? And he goes, "Okay, I wasn't I wasn't crazy enough. I'm not crazy. I wasn't aggressive enough last fight." Now I'm more aggressive, which is what he's going to need to do because he's going to need to close the distance. He'll have the advantage in the clinch, and he'll have the advantage on the floor, certainly. Um, I feel like Kennedy should win this fight, but his experience, both on paper and what he's shown, I think that's what that's not going to allow me to pick him here, uh, which is why I think Stosic uh, gets on top. This, though, is easily on my avoid list. For, first of four. Uh, because, again, I'm honest with you guys with my plays and, and my level of study. There are some fights that I didn't do much study at all on, and I'm, those are toward the end here. I'll get to those and be honest about those. Also, my avoid list. All right, uh, prelims. Uh, Mickey Gall, plus 100. Celine Tulhari, minus 120. Line getting tight and contentious. Mickey Gall's got that name value, but a lot of unknowns. Salim Tulhari, less unknowns, but more unknowns to the casual. Uh, I'm taking Tulhari here, folks. This would be on my avoid list, but there's plenty of angles here if you like it, you know. You think Mickey Gall can get it done? You really believe that it was just sickness that caused him to lose to Diego Sanchez? And that his ground really is lights out and then he can get to Hari down and then do it. But, you know, even though he was losing most clinch exchanges to Worley Alves, he was still competitive there. He's still very strong there. And... He trained at a really, you know, not this camp, but the camp before and time before that, I believe, too. Training at American Top Team, a lot of the good wrestlers in jiu-jitsu there. Um, and his jiu-jitsu, you know, it'll be tested here for sure, but it's not like it's not untested. He is a brown belt, and he does have a stronger uh, competition level, much, much more deeper, obviously, but also stronger than Mickey Gall's. So I actually like Tohari here. I think his left hook's going to be live. That's his best shot. Um, he's just been a little bit too conservative. Maybe that's not a bad thing, but I would like to see him push a pace. One, because that's kind of what cost him before, and it doesn't seem like he's, like, gassing out badly. I don't think that's the problem. But two, who has gassed out badly, again, whether you want to, how much you want to believe the sickness had to do with it, Mickey Gall has, and Mickey Gall's only been a decision once. Um, when he did go there, he lost. Salim Tuhari hasn't been a decision very many times, two and two, splitting it. Uh, but I don't think Mickey Gall is one of the guys to add to the losing of decisions. In fact, between Salim Tuhari needing a win and kind of naturally being conservative, I still think he's going to win, but I think those factors are going to play against him, maybe getting a finish. He could. Or no, I do think he's going to get a finish. I'm sorry, but... but uh, um, ah, what did I say in there? Um, I do think he's he, 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 could, he could get a finish, but I think that it, it, it's, it, you know... Mickey Gall is going to have his shot to shoot. Now, will he He will he get it? I, I, I'm going to say no. We'll see. But either way, I think a, I think a, a bet worth looking at here, and I took a shot on it at a, uh, 1.5 units. Is uh, Gall Tuhari won't go the distance. It's minus 150. Um, I don't know about I don't know about fun parlay fodder, but like as far as like if you don't feel comfortable taking a side, like I just feel like that's playable chalk. Um, you know, either Gall gets the sub or fails, gasses out, ends up in bad position and gets broken down by Tuhari, who is a finisher again for the, I mean, for the most part, I think he's got like 13 or 14 fights and only four decisions. So, and only one decision for Gall. So I don't know that that line seems playable for me. The door seemed, I'm not going to say bad line. We'll see, but I think the door has been left open there. So, all right. Um, We'll speed through this because these are easy. Uh, this was another one that t- took me some time. Uh, and maybe because this one, by the time I got to it, uh, old, uh, old, 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 old Gianni, who people, I don't know this Ben the better guy, but apparently people have been like fading him for like years and been profitable. And, uh, you know, now, you know, according to what I've seen on Twitter, that, 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 that the Greek might be the same. If that's the case, then maybe it's good because I thought I was going to pick against a Shevchenko for the first time, uh, guys, but no. 
I'm going to pick Antonina Shevchenko, who's minus 145 over. All right, you were waiting for this one. Lucy Puddle. Love. Plus 125. Plus 125 is where she closed in her last fight as well. Like, I feel like she is like a forever a plus 125 fighter because, like, her skills make her the underdog, which we'll talk about here in a second, but she's always fucking live as shit, man. So I don't blame the Greek or anybody else picking or playing Pujalova here. Um, it's not on my avoid list, but like I'm not playing it, to be honest. I was going to play it if I picked Pujalova, but I just couldn't end up picking her because even though Antonina got upset and that was a, you know, maybe even a bad performance, especially, you know, seeing Roxy lose to Maya, you know, which was granted a tough styles match and the way, yeah, yeah, whatever, but still. Roxy's ceiling hasn't been the highest, and even to my own uh, dismay as well, uh, or to my own, you know, being guilty of counting her out too, even though I picked her last fight. So, um, but at the same time, like you know, she's fought physical girls again. Jiyeon Kim, who keeps speaking of coming in overweight, she came in overweight against Antonina, almost at another weight class, and uh, was able to deal with the physical and tough Korean and kind of leave the openings that she left open. And I kind of see the same thing here. Like Puta Loba, man, it's fun and like. Dude, like, she she probably should have won her debut, and there's an argument she, she could have won against Aldana. Of course, you know me. I picked Aldana because I love me some Aren Aldana. And I love that fight, too, by the way, newly minted number five for top five female fights of all time at UFC 228, I believe it was, in Texas. Lucy Puddle of Love versus Aldana. But, you know, in that fight, or even, like, the Carmouche fight, which I just rewatched, it was weird because, like, Carmouche wasn't... And she does that. Like, she will just fucking stare and just, like, not throw anything. And you're like, how the fuck does she win so many fights? God damn it. This, this, I knew I faded Liz Carmouche for a reason. And then Carmouche just uses her gorilla strength at, like, fucking two minutes or a minute 30 at the end of the round. And then just steals the round every fucking time. That's all she does. Um, and, uh, and, like, and, yeah, but, like, so Pudilova was coming forward a lot on her. But Liz wasn't countering. And her corner was calling for stuff and she wasn't doing it. Even Liz admitted as much. Uh, whereas Antonina... You know, her low volume, her, her footwork isn't as urgent, and she's not as urgent as um, Aldana. And her footwork, maybe you could argue, isn't as urgent as Carmouche, because at least Carmouche's footwork was urgent in her lateral and evading, which is what saved her uh, from getting smashed too much in the clinch. But it's like, you know, Pudilova, she worked with a, a wrestler, she worked with a head of this camp as well for that one defensively. Like, does she fight against type and now use it offensively? And if she does and Antonina defends or she can't get anything going with it because ground fighting is not really Lucy Pudilova's thing, like, does she just end up eating like five knees for a takedown that fails or a takedown that's successful, but then Antonina gets up and then strikes her again five more times, like, off the break? Like, how does that, you know what I'm saying? Like, how like, does it actually end up working worse for her because she has to fight against the type thinking, oh, I'm going to try to do it. Uh, what Mataferi does. I'm big and strong, which she is, you know. Again, Antonina, you know, she fought, you know, big, strong Korean who came in overweight, but she was still 5'7", with, I believe, not as much of a reach, whereas Pudilova, I think, happens to reach advantage and equals her 5'8", you know. Uh, is that going to throw her off as, uh, at all? But at the, at the end of the day... You know, Antonina doesn't get tired. She's a good counter striker. She does hit hard uh, when she starts finding her mark. And against a porous defensive fighter who hasn't attempted takedowns really in her UFC career and doesn't have a, a notable ground game to speak of and porous defense, well, you could also argue Antonina could be the worst matchup for Pudilova. Then again, I do respect Pudilova's pressure. I don't respect it enough for her to do enough with it to pick her to win, but I respect Pudilova and her pressure uh, probably enough to stay away unless this line continues to tighten and we get uh, closer to even money for Antonina, then I'll take a shot. But the pick is Antonina. Good luck if you're on Pudilova. And I'm not even going to hate G uh, Gianni the Greek, uh, uh, you know, because uh, I'm, 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 I'm honestly staying away from this one. Uh, next fight is on the avoid list. It's a really good fight, and I'm really mad that I didn't get to give it its due diligence, but... I might I actually have some waiting plans as well, so I might not watch these early fights as well, folks, or be tweeting them, so I feel a little less bad for my own selfish reasons, but I apologize for you guys because even though this podcast is free and I intend to keep it free, even if I do add bonuses down the road, this podcast will be free. I do treat it like a service. Um, that is Jordan Espinosa minus 125, Matt Chanel plus 105, or as I like to say, John John Rico. Shouts to that, John John Rico. 
MMA junkie and uh, listener to the Protect Your Neck podcast. He looks just like you. Go look him up too. He looks just like Matt Chanel. It's fucking scary. Uh, and I like Matt Chanel, even if he doesn't look like John John Rico, one of my favorite human beings. Because uh, Matt Chanel seems like a really likable dude. Uh, I, you know, God bless him. He speaks his mind, and, and uh, I liked his recent interview, most recent interview, I should say, because he's done a couple with James Lynch, but his most recent one over there, the score. Um, I like where his head's at. I really want to pick him here. But I think this is going to be a greasy split decision, guys, that Jordan Espinosa's wrestling and athleticism, he's going to edge it out. Um, the odds look that way. It's a stay away for me. I want to take a shot on Chanel. Maybe I will for a degenerate. I don't know. I wanted to pick him. I just couldn't pull the trigger. He's opportunistic. He's got a ground game that even I underrated. And uh, if Espinosa gets on the ground, he can't afford to underrate him. But unless Chanel catches something with that, I, I, I see Espinosa winning because his footwork and wrestling, I think he's going to be able to dictate and athleticism and, and weird funky looks and even Matt Schnell was really admitting that it's going to be a tough fight which is not necessarily a bad thing uh, it's good that he's honest he seems to be a real guy a good guy that seems to keep grounded with honesty but I think he's right it is going to be a tough fight um, I'm going to be rooting for Matt Schnell slash John John Rico but the pick is Espinosa by a greasy split decision all right Mara Romero Borella minus 190 versus Lauren Murphy I don't know why I gotta say it like that, Dan. She's hardened, but she's a tough lady, but you gotta say her name like a dude. Alright, plus 165. Got love for Lauren Murphy. I wasn't trying to be rude there. Um, it's late, folks. But Mara Romero Borella. I'm gonna go with the, the, the younger, more uh, more aggressive girl, Lauren Murphy. Um, you can go break down her resume if you will, but I didn't go back and watch these fights, so I dare not lay too strong of an opinion. I'll take Mara Romero Borella. And. Uh, it's on my avoids list for a reason, folks. All right. Um, Claudia Silva, new level. Minus 450. Cole Williams, plus 360. So, uh, Claudio Soto was like this last one or the one before that. Like, he, I think it was the one before that he comes back out of a fucking crazy layoff and like beats this guy and he goes yes new level like he's like like a pokemon announcing his his evolution claudio silva is evolving da, 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 da. new level sorry <laughs> and uh, that all sticks with me um yeah i don't know if this was like a last minute booking or what who he's originally supposed to face but yeah uh, cole williams i didn't go look at cole williams guys i'll be honest but uh claudio silva will probably get things done inside the distance uh, minus 175. I wrote that down with a question mark under parlay piece because that feels like a problem. This guy goes for the finish. He's got deceptive wrestling, good jujitsu. He's got crazy chin durability, southpaw. And he swings heavy enough, even though he doesn't have a lot of TKO victories. He 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 gets, seems to get guys' attention and, and swings fights uh, that way. So uh, I don't know what this Cole, Cole Williams guy's uh, coming into. But uh, if you want a blind bet for uh, some inside the distance at my 175, I wouldn't hate it. I put a question mark in it because I, I don't know if I'm going to because I can't bet something I didn't research. But if I'm going to do my some fun degenerate stuff, maybe that may or may not make it in. But uh, am I telling you to play it? No, but the line is probably right. Claudio Silva all day. He is tough. He's an overperformer, even though the line's not representative here because of his opponent. He is a guy that deserves your respect. All right. Hannah, everything is gold. Minus 135 versus Miranda Granger, plus 115. I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure Granger probably opened as a favorite. The line probably flipped. I, I wasn't paying attention. Um, but I'm actually surprised. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised, I should say, uh, the way the line went, though. I would have been surprised, I should say, if, if it would have stayed. Because Granger's got a more important CFFC champ, uh, more kickboxing accolades than Goldie does. And she's got all her, most of her wins, I should say, if not uh, majority, if not all, by submission. A lot of guillotines in there. But, like, the last guillotine was pretty legit, even though it was fast. I don't know how good her opponent was. But, like, she does a similar one before that, which is why she was so confident. And the one before that was really, really ugly. Um, and I don't think it would have got most, even most girls in the UFC. Um, I, I don't, I've, I think it was more just kind of a crank or something uncomfortable. Uh, and, and like the leverage wasn't there, like uh, just the, the girl didn't know what she was doing, and that was only like two fights before her last one. Um, so I don't know how much of a submission wish she is, or just who she's kind of fighting. And she's got swag and confidence, which is going to do her well, but her athleticism doesn't seem to match it. Like she's not. Granted, it's, it's straw weight, and they're fighting at flyweight though, by, mind you, uh, which is probably a good thing for both of them. Um, it's not like they're going to have knockout power, be that like quote unquote explosive, but. Um, 
Goldie, despite her propensity to just kind of move back and fight off the back foot, she's going to be the more explosive and heavier hitting fighter. Granger doesn't really have that. She doesn't really show that urgency to come forward and close the distance even when she's getting these submissions. So against a very athletic and explosive fleet of foot fighter, I don't think it's going to go well for her. I think her kind of like you know, kind of gangly, kind of slow, slow burn, um, she's going to be a step behind Goldie all night. Uh, the dangerous part about betting a girl who's going backwards all night, you don't know if the judges are seeing it right, but uh, I feel like Goldie should pull off what should be an upset on paper, being that she's fighting quote-unquote short notice, but neither of these girls really look to get out of shape, so the pick is Goldie. I'm with the money here, but I'm not playing it. It is also on the avoid list. All right, recapping. Picks from bottom or top to bottom. Taking Covington over Lawler. Taking Jim Milasson over Clay Guida. Taking Nazrat Hackbrass over Joaquim Silva. Taking Jacob Giles over Gerald Mearshart. Taking Scott uh, Josh Holtzman over Dong Young Ma. Taking Darko Stosik. I'm going to say it right over Kennedy Nanchuku. Taking Salim Tulhari over Mickey Gall. Taking. Antonina Shevchenko over Lucy. Puddle of love. Pujlova. Uh, taking Jordan Espinova over John John Rico. I mean, Matt Schnell. Taking Mara Romero Borella over Lauren Murphy. Dan, why are you saying it like that? Taking Claudio Silva New Level over <laughs> Cole Williams. Taking Hannah. Everything is gold. Goldie over Miranda Granger. No parlay pieces unless you like Claudio Silva or like him by the ITD. Straight plays is biased, so please don't follow me, but I got to let you know what it is, what I played. Miller, uh, minus 150 for two units. Props, I took Holtzman inside the distance for one unit at plus 102. Gall Tulhari prop chalk won't go the distance at minus 150 at 1 1.5 units. Miller by submission, plus 259 through a half a unit on that. Uh, ones to look out for, I may or may not play, but one to throw your way in case you like Covington or um, Nazareth Hack this week on Hack. In order for Hacked, uh, <laughs> sorry, old, old Corolla bit there. Uh, plus 166 by decision on my avoid list, Chanel Espinosa. It's going to be a greasy split, probably, and I didn't do my analysis on it. I know. Goldie Granger, I mean, needless to say. Uh, Murphy, Mara, Renata, Borella on the avoid list. I didn't do my study, but that part would still have ended up there. And, of course, Stosik Nenshuku is also on the avoid list. Thank you guys again for the iTunes five-star ratings and reviews. I'm going to have the links that are up right now, but I'm going to have them updated. On it one, I think, works just fine if you like Onnit products, but i got to update my Amazon one. I know some of y'all are trying to use that. More updates to come. Uh, more good things to come. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for showing the love. Thank you guys for supporting me on my run with MMA Junkie Radio and continuing to support me here because I ain't going nowhere, folks. Y'all are awesome. I don't deserve you. Good luck with your picks and plays. And always protect your next.